Hello, and thank you for listening to Cruising the Waves podcast, a podcast dedicated to bringing you cruise information right from the source, right from the people who work in the industry. Each week, I'll be bringing you a new podcast with a representative from the cruise lines, river and ocean cruise lines, and also expedition cruises too. This way, you get the information straight from the source, factual information, not rumors or people guessing, but real information from those who work in the industry. Each week, I meet with my BDM, who is my business development manager from each cruise line. They have the inside scoop on all the news from the high seas. Remember to check out Plenty of Sunshine Travel on the web, and here you'll find all the group cruises that we have planned. We've locked in some amazing rates and some great perks too, so check those out. Also check out our YouTube channel, Plenty of Sunshine Travel on YouTube, to see pictures and videos of everything discussed here today. Want to get in on the conversation? Visit us on Instagram and Facebook. Feel free to post any questions you might have, and I'll be sure to include them in the next episode for you. For help in booking your own cruise experience that was discussed on this week's topic or any other vacation you could dream of, you can contact me at Kathleen at PlentyOfSunshineTravel.com. On this week's Cruise in the Waves podcast, episode number 99, we will be meeting from Kristen with Herdegroup, and we're going to be going over some of their history and to be discussing their Norwegian itineraries. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please like and subscribe to our channel and remember to hit that share button. Over to the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Cruise Chat. I'm Kathleen Penner, owner of Plenty of Sunshine Travel, and today I'm joined by Kristen. And as you can see, Kristen is from Herdic Rutten, and we have met several times. I love meeting with Kristen. Um, if you look, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube and you look at our playlist, go back and see all of our other episodes because there's some great information there. But this 99th episode, we're going to be talking about Norway. So over to you, Kristen. Thank you so much, Kathleen. And I think, you know, what better place to discuss than Norway with the original Norwegian Coastal Voyage. Um, Believe it or not, we have actually been sailing in Norway 129 years. Wow. 129 years. I mean, that's quite (laughs) a legacy and um, something we are very proud of. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to take you through kind of a little bit about where we started as a company and how we started as a company and graduated into, you know, having international guests come on board and be cruise guests along with us as well. Oh, um, so we, we like to say, you know, if you're going to go to Norway, you might as well go with the Norwegians, explore with the experts. Mm-hmm. Um, but what makes Norway a very unique country um, to visit mm-hmm. is, of course, like this photo alone, just very, um, you know, shows very well the literal, literal like peaks and bounds and valleys of what makes up the country of Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, so second longest coastline in the world after Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but what makes it very difficult is, of course, because Norway is made up of a lot of these, you know, to us, very beautiful fjords and mountains and things mm-hmm. like that. It actually makes it very difficult for the locals to be able to move between towns and cities and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can believe it, with the entire coastal route that we sail from Bergen down in the south up to Kirkenish in the north, 
only three of those little coastal communities actually connect to the railway system. Oh, goodness. And a lot of the places where the coastal communities are, there's no like external roads to get them out, to get them to, you know, the larger cities and things like that. Hmm. Um, and air travel isn't necessarily, you know, as easy either because they, of course, can only fly between certain big cities. Right. And then those big cities don't necessarily connect to all the little towns and communities. And there is a a lot of coastal communities um, in Norway as well. So this is where um, kind of the coastal route came from, this need for a more frequent, um, what started off originally as a mail route, then graduated into a cargo route, and then further graduated still into a ferry service along the Norwegian coast. Um, so back in 1893, um, it, it used to be that, especially for those small communities that lived above the Arctic Circle, like if they wanted to send out, say, a Christmas card to their family who lived in the South, mm -hmm. they would have to send it like in the spring, early summer, oh, um, because, you know, that's how long it would take to mm -hmm. actually arrive to their family with the current mail system that they had. Oh, dear. Um, and I you thought know, Canada Post was slow. Right, exactly. <laughs> we, I mean, we've definitely been there. Not quite the extremes, yeah. but we get it. Um, so they actually had a call out back in 1893 mm -hmm. um, to captains and, and their vessels to expand this mail route because especially at that point, there were very few lighthouses above the Arctic Circle. There were, you know, of course, in winter, weather conditions and everything and the seas get a lot more rough. Um, so that's why things were so infrequent. Just nobody wanted to really kind of risk that for the purpose of sending the mail. Mm -hmm. um, until our first captain, Richard Wyth, came along and um, he had a steamship, the DS Vesterallen, and he took on the task of lengthening and expanding um, this mail route along the Norwegian coast. So first between Trondheim and Hammerfest, and then we added more ships, more captains, and a few years later expanded it to be from Bergen all the way in the south up to Kirkenes in the north. And we were doing this mail route um, within a seven-day time frame. And considering Norway is the second longest coastline in the world, that was quite a feat to accomplish, being able to sail such a long coastline in seven days. And we became known as like the express route along um, the Norwegian coast. And that is actually what the name Hertig Rutin means. So Hertig is fast or express. Rutin means route. Um, and the Norwegians so eloquently pronounce it Hitterutin. So the mm -hmm. G is technically silent. Um, so that's where the name derived from. And then we became sort of this lifeline along the Norwegian coast that helps to connect um, all of the coastal communities from a ferry service. And we thought, why stop there? Mm -hmm. Let's expand it and let's bring our international, you know, guests on board to kind of really live and experience the authentic way of the Norwegians. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the birthplace of how um, the original Coastal Express voyage came to be. And um, right now we currently have seven ships um, that sail along this coast because we need to keep a consistent service um, traveling along the coast to make sure that our local Norwegians, you know, have access to um, this lifeline of transportation.
to get them from point A to point B. And do you still deliver some of the mail that goes along? We still do mail. We still do cargo. And that's kind of the fun thing is when you're, when you're on the ships, you can send your own postcards as well through our ships because we do operate still as post offices. And um, you can actually see the cargo ships coming on and off in uh, most of the ports of call that we visit, um, delivering different foods and things like that. We can even, you know, transport cars as well mm-hmm. in the belly of our ships um, for people who are bringing them on to transport or maybe somebody bought a new car and you know we're shipping it up to them further along the coast it's it's a really neat system to you know kind of be an outsider now being really a part of the heart and soul um, of kind of how the country of Norway functions um, with us on the coastline. That's amazing. Um, That's really neat. And that's kind of exactly why we kind of call it like our story together. Like we are mixing and mingling with our our travelers, our tourists, they are coming on board and they are experiencing this authentic way of life um, Mm -hmm. on our Norwegian ships. And our ships along the coast, you know, that kind of iconic red, white, and black mm-hmm. is very similar to sort of the icons of the yellow taxis in New York or the red, um, you know, double-decker buses in mm-hmm. London. You know, it's that recognizable symbol um, for people in Norway. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the kind of neat thing is, of course, um, we have mostly Norwegian and some Scandinavian crew on board and they remember you know their stories as a child that on Sundays maybe after church they would go Mm -hmm. down um, to the water to wave and see the local Hurtaruta that was sailing um, by you know at the same time every day so there really is kind of a lot of history that ties Mm -hmm. into just people's upbringings in Norway, um, Mm -hmm. that for them, this is just such a static symbol and and something kind of this feeling of home, um, you know, watching our ships sail Mm -hmm. up and down the coast. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, really nice um, stories behind behind it. And of course, for us, I mean, as you know, we did, we talked, uh, we did a talk on sustainability and that is something we do weave throughout the fabric of all of our ships, um, the company and making sure that, you know, we are operating in the most sustainable way possible. So we're actually going through um, the hybrid electric upgrade with our coastal ships currently. We mm-hmm. just put Richard With back on the water and she is a new hybrid powered um, electric powered ship. And um, we do things like our green stay program on board. So our guests can, you know, choose to opt out of having their room serviced. And that of course helps us save on energy, electricity, laundry detergents, water, things like that. And we make a donation on their behalf to the Herta Group Foundation for each night that they opt out of having their room serviced. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually put a goal in place um, that by 2030, we will have our very first zero emissions coastal ship um, sailing along the Norwegian coast. Um, and, and I think that's one thing I love about, um, you know, being part of the Hurtigruten culture is that, you know, it's not just words and statements and things like that. It's, it's the type of company that 
puts their words into action and makes the plan happen. And so 2030, we will have our first zero emission ship on the water. And um, why and that's important. Not that far off. It really is. It, it's really not. Yeah. I mean, especially too, we think of how quickly time seems to be going these mm -hmm. days. Um, so we're we're very very thrilled that um, you know this will be our reality um, very soon. Um, but just kind of to um, mention, like this photo here, this is the Geringer Fjord, and um, what is actually going to happen is by the year, I believe it's 2025, could be 2026, they will actually not allow ships to be sailing in the Geringer Fjord um, if they are running on any type of emissions. So this will actually change sort of the cruising game in future mm -hmm. because, of course, different countries mm -hmm. are looking at protecting, you know, parts of their environment, you know, of course. And rightfully so, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so Geringer Fjord, um, this is one that will change in uh, the cruising game in the next few years because um, they will only allow ships that are, you know, sailing on electric power, sailing zero emissions into the Geringer Fjord. Yeah. So that's, um, you know, something to, I, I think we are starting to see more and more of uh, throughout the world is wanting mm -hmm. to protect these amazing places, yes. um, you know, that we up to this point have been so fortunate to see. Mm -hmm. And like part of sustainability too comes to, you know, not just people's interactions with the environment, but people's interactions with the, the community. Mm -hmm. um, and what makes sort of Hurtigruten special in Norway is we do offer um, the largest marine apprenticeships in the company. So we actually have a lot of people you know, fresh out of school, wanting to learn about, you know, becoming a deck officer or, um, you know, an engineer, um, they actually come and do their apprenticeships on Hurtigruten. Oh, and, um, you know, we hope they'll stay with us okay. afterwards when they're ready to graduate and, and dive into their career. And many of them do. Mm -hmm. um, but we are, you know, a, a massive employer um, throughout the country of Norway um, for people pursuing this as uh, as a career so it's uh, it's nice to know that you know we have that ability to um, provide people with a livelihood um, in their day-to-day -day. and also too we are you know the largest customer of a lot of the small businesses mm -hmm. along the Norwegian coast because um, when we talk from a food perspective let me see it is it is here um, it was the next slide thankfully because um, speaking from a food perspective on the Coastal Express is we have that concept of Norwegian coastal kitchen, yes. um, sourcing our food locally, getting our food from the local suppliers, the local farmers. Um, there is literally, literally towns where we know where we pick up the eggs, you know, that are, are picked from, um, you know, all of their chickens that morning yes. and they meet us mm -hmm. at the dock and they know the timing of when our ships are coming and we're getting our eggs from this particular family's farm. Um, so we are a, a massive customer mm -hmm. um, to a lot of the small businesses along the Norwegian coast. And of course, by sourcing that food locally mm -hmm. um, throughout the coast, it of course reduces the you know food miles that it has to travel to get from you know we're not shipping anything internationally right. to source our um, to source our food so it's kind of that literally farm to table or farm to ship mm -hmm. sort of concept and what a great way for our guests then to be experiencing 
the fresh catch of the day yes. or, you know, the king crab that they went out and did an excursion to catch mm-hmm. and are literally enjoying that later yes. that afternoon. And um, you can really taste the difference. You know, I know personally with eggs because we have backyard chickens, but uh, you can, the yolk is so much darker and the egg just tastes better. Yes. So having this fresh, literally you know, days old kind of thing is amazing. It's so great that you do that. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's, you know, again, it's, it's like twofold. It's, it's, you know, benefit for our guests on board um, because it's just an extra level of destination immersion that they get to enjoy. And then of course, it's a benefit to the livelihood of the small businesses along the Norwegian coast. Right. Yeah. Um, because believe it or not, I haven't told you how many ports we actually visit yet. Um, but I'll, I'll share that number in, in a couple slides. Mm-hmm because people are usually like, I don't get it. (laughs) So, um, but just to let you know, within a seven day route, um, Mm -hmm. like just in the northbound or in the southbound, 15 of the ports, and you're already thinking that's too many ports for seven days or six days, but 15 of those ports is where we are sourcing our food from. Mm -hmm. Um, So at least, you know, twice a day, we are getting, you know, fresh food from whatever yeah. small little town that we're in, which is incredible. That's right. Um, yeah. So it, it really, again, kind of ties into sustainability and, and mm-hmm. you know, not just from a people and an environment perspective, but, you know, sustaining the economy and the businesses and the local livelihoods um, along the coast as well. Yes, makes a difference. So here's where we talk about the ports. <laughs> so. Yeah. The, the full round trip voyage, if you did Bergen, Kirkenish Bergen round mm-hmm. trip, um, we visit 34 ports. And that's not just 34 ports in 12 days. Mm-hmm. It's 34 north and it's 34 south. Wow. And you're probably thinking the math doesn't add up in terms of, okay, if we're, you know, 12 days and you're hitting those 34 ports mm-hmm. twice like how are you fitting all of this in right more so from a you know a cruise guest perspective mm-hmm. and so when you actually take a look at the schedule um you can actually see that some of the you know tinier towns that we are in we might literally have a 15 to 20 minute stop and so obviously that port is not meant for, you know, guests to be out doing touristy things. Right. Um, that is for a quick cargo, you know, mm-hmm. shipment, taking things on, putting things off um, and a ferry stop as well. So we might have some locals hopping on our ship. Um, but from a cruise guest perspective, um, we would remain on board. And it's kind of neat actually just to be standing on the top deck and watching this happen, yeah. watching this shift, because it's like, timed like clockwork Mm -hmm. because you know we are at the end of the day a ferry route we stick to a very you know kind of perfectly timed schedule and everything is timed accordingly for when the Hurtigruten ship comes in cargo gets switched off and we continue along our way wow that's great but when we're in our larger cities you Mm -hmm. know places like Trondheim, Tromso, Olesand Mm -hmm. We do build in, you know, that opportunity for we could be staying there maybe a morning or an afternoon for our guests to get off and have, you know, more time for further exploration. We have an optional shore excursion program mm-hmm. um, where our guests can take advantage of that and do, you know, some maybe further inland trips to learn a little bit more and see a little bit more. Um, but what we can also do as well is we can actually disembark our guests in Mm -hmm. one port 
The ship will continue along the route that it needs to follow. Okay. We will go away with our guests and, you know, maybe go look at, closer at a town or a community mm -hmm. or go and visit maybe something about our Sami culture. And then we will actually rejoin with that excursion further up along the coast and re-meet the ship at a different port of call. Um, so that's how we keep, you know, the ferry mm -hmm. system still going, but we can still have our guests enjoying um, you know, parts yeah, further yeah. inland along the coast of Norway. So yeah. it, it's this very like seamless, perfectly timed um, mm -hmm. experience for both our cruise guests and, you know, our local Norwegians that are using us as a transportation service as well. Yeah. Wow. Because you might even see um, like what's kind of neat is like for our guests, they might actually see like an entire soccer team that's coming on because they're using us to get, you know, to their next match <laughs> or um, a school trip um, mm -hmm. where, you know, they're using the Hurtaruta as, as the way to get, um, you know, maybe to one of the museums or things mm -hmm. like that, that they're visiting. So it really is um, a unique way to kind of mix together local culture and, um, mm -hmm. you know, international travel for our uh, our Canadian guests on oh, board for it. example that's amazing so within that 12 day round trip um, we do have three itineraries that you could technically take with it mm -hmm. um, so we have a seven day north so this mm -hmm. is from Bergen up to Kirkenes and this would be more for people who are, we like to call them the culture connoisseurs so maybe they're a little bit more interested in you know culture, museums, art galleries, um, understanding Norway a bit more from that perspective. Um, mm -hmm. That would be the recommendation. Take the seven day north um, itinerary. And if you're taking it in winter time, actually, it doesn't even matter now um, what time of year you take it because Kirkenes, there is, um, we have an optional um, post program or you could do it as a pre-program if you do the, the right. southbound route. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, called the Snow Hotel. Um, we have a great partnership with them. And they have a year round snow hotel, ice hotel. Um, they have found a way to build this hotel so that mm -hmm. it sustains 365 days a year. It used to be just available in the winter. Mm -hmm. And they've actually created and found a way to keep this snow hotel alive um, all year round. So it's kind of a neat little pre or mm -hmm. post program that you can do once you're up in Kirkenes. Amazing. And then if you're looking for a little bit more of that connection to nature, um, mm -hmm. you know, more time spent in the Vesterålen and Lofoten Islands, mm -hmm. then we recommend taking the six-day south voyage. Okay. Um, this is kind of a, a perfect way to get a great overview, I think, of that imagery we all mm -hmm. have of, you know, these beautiful towering mountains mm -hmm. and small little fishing villages and things like that. This is a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, if you have the full two weeks, you could also just do the full 12 day round yes. trip voyage right. and kind of a little rule of thumb, because of course you're seeing, you know, how many ports north and how many ports south. Mm -hmm. um, so the rule of thumb is what you see during the day going north is what you will see at night coming south okay. and vice versa. So yes. what you see during the day coming south is what you see at night going mm -hmm. north. Um, so that's also kind of a nice way. If, if you can't do the full two week trip, mm -hmm. that might be a way to help you determine whether you do 
seven day or six day. Right. Um, because maybe there are certain towns or cities that you want to be seeing during the day. So mm -hmm. that might dictate, do you go north or do you go south? Right. Um, but kind of a unique thing, like in a city like Tromso, for example, um, a large town that people think, oh my gosh, you know, you want to see that during the day. One of the unique things that we actually do at night is um, we have an exclusive trip just for Hurtigruten guests where the Arctic Cathedral, um, and if you've ever seen a photo of, uh, of it, it, it's this beautiful kind of just A-frame peaked cathedral, and it just totally lights up the entire um, kind of waterway there. Mm -hmm. um, we do a midnight concert. They open up the church just for our Hurtigruten guests, Goodness. and they put on a midnight concert. So, you know, there's kind of little sure. tips and tricks and things mm -hmm. like that is why north, why south? Mm -hmm. um, and if you can do both, you're, you're going to get it all if you do the full 12 day right. yes. um, voyage. Yeah, and there's no missing out when you do the 12 Exactly, days. exactly. Because right. what we tend to find too, especially for you know, our guests who maybe have only done it one way, mm -hmm. um, we tend to get them back in a couple of years doing the opposite route that they didn't do mm -hmm. um, because they sort of felt like they were just missing, you know, maybe a little something that they were hoping to have seen. So maybe it's a nice way for us to get them back as well yeah. is um, if you just start with one of the north or the southbound um, mm -hmm. crossings. But um, one thing that is very much part of kind of our ceremonial history on mm -hmm. our coastal ships is, of course, the Arctic Circle crossing, because mm -hmm. you're going to experience it, whether you take the north or the southbound route. Um, but we switch up the Arctic Circle ceremony, depending if you're traveling north or south with us. Um, so on the northbound route, mm -hmm. We have our guests gather up on the top deck of our ships and um, we are paid a visit by King Neptune and <laughs> King Neptune will come and, you know, share his speech that he will bless us with calm seas for the rest of our voyage if our guests can complete a task oh. and the task or challenge um, that our guests are faced with is having um, a scoop of polar water dumped down their back, usually oh, by our goodness. captain yep. or by King Neptune himself. Mm -hmm. um, so we pose this challenge to our guests. Of course, it is completely optional, but yeah. it is an yeah. absolute blast. If you don't participate, it's just as much fun watching it happen. Right. The expressions, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think their faces really, you know, yes. showcase just how cold that water is. Mm -hmm. um, so this is kind of the ceremonial part that we do on board um, to commemorate for our guests that they mm -hmm. have crossed the Arctic Circle. Because I think too, you know, when we all come to sort of ticking off those lists of what we've accomplished, I think crossing the Arctic Circle is on people's lists. Absolutely. Um, you know, I myself, once I crossed the Arctic Circle, I was like, well, now I got to go and cross the Antarctic Circle. You right. can't do one and not yes. the other. So <laughs> it's kind of neat how it can like help mm -hmm. your list expand of, of things you want to accomplish. Yes. Um, so the little globe that you see at the top there, um, mm -hmm. that is actually the, the marker. It is located on a little island, um, and the Arctic Circle um, line of latitude crosses through this. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, when you're sailing during the daytime, um, you can see the marker, and we like to, to do this ceremony around yeah. that. 
Oh, what fun. Now, yes. if you're taking, now I got to ask, would you do it, Kathleen? I'd do would it. You do the yeah. water down your back? Awesome. I would have no problem with that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. So now if you're sailing with us on the southbound route, or if you're doing the full round trip, we do yes. give you two different um, mm -hmm. ceremonies. The challenge here is to take <laughs> a shot of, of cod liver oil. Yeah. And now this is that something that harder to agree to, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is something where the Norwegians quite commonly take this day to day just for their own, you know, health and well-being. Mm -hmm. um, it tastes absolutely terrible. Like mm -hmm. you can now buy flavored versions of cod liver oil. Where's the fun but, in that? But the yeah. exactly the yeah. challenge on board is you taste the original yeah. um, cod liver oil, mm -hmm. and um, so you get your commemorative Hurtigruten spoon. And they pour the shot of cod liver oil um, for you, and then you take you, you take, take your swig of it, and it is just absolutely vile stuff. It kind of leaves this like fishy taste mm -hmm. in your throat. Yep. So now, well, would you take that challenge? Absolutely not. I'll be taking pictures. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We no. always get people one or the other. They yeah. don't always necessarily yeah. want to do both. But mm -hmm. um, oh, again, it's just kind of a, a fun, you know, creative yeah. way to to get all of our guests together and enjoying, you know, the ceremonial um, mm -hmm. opportunity of crossing the Arctic. I don't know why I had in my brain it would be like kiss the fish or something like. Oh, that. Yeah, That's kind that, of like yeah. the the newfie screeching in. It's yeah. kind of our version of that. I That's think. Right. Uh, um, but uh, I'm not sure what tastes better, the screech mm -hmm. or the cod liver oil. <laughs> so, and you've done it, have you? You've taken I have done cut? both, yes. Okay. And um, it, it is. And the funny thing is, I think, too, because when I was on board, they knew I worked for the company. They gave me two spoonfuls oh, of it. And um, oh, yeah. my goodness, it was just absolutely vile, vile yeah. stuff. And mm -hmm. and I, I purchased a, a glass of champagne afterwards to help um, chase that <laughs> down. Because, clear. Ooh, yes. It was it was awful stuff, but all in good fun and a nice way to uh, help our guests commemorate uh, right. the crossing of the Arctic Circle. It's definitely a memory. Yep. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, now, because we sail in Norway all year round, mm -hmm. um, and you're probably thinking like, oh, my goodness, why would you sail all year round? Because most like the cruising season tends to be summer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people take advantage of the fjords, but there's kind of something special about each part of the season. Right. And you could literally come and do, you know, spring or summer sailing with us or do winter cruising with us. And you would have a completely different experience. Again, it's all these ways of being able to bring guests back and do it again. Absolutely. So the spring season it's actually quite a nice time to go because of course, as we know, you know, the crowds are a lot less in spring. Mm -hmm. um, but we're starting to kind of see that mix between um, winter and spring where there's still the beautiful, you know, kind of snow-capped mountains, mm -hmm. but they're starting to melt. The temperatures are, are warming up that it's, it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. And we start to see a lot of the spring bloom happening beautiful. as well. Yeah. And for it, but the funny thing is when you're actually traveling along the coast, you mm -hmm. could really experience three different seasons in one. Cause when you're further down mm -hmm. in Bergen, you're going to get those warmer, maybe even almost summer-like temperatures. Mm. And then as you're sailing further 
north, you're going to start getting into kind of the cooler spring temperatures. Mm -hmm. And then as you get into Kierkegaard, you're still going to have kind of those wintry feeling right. type temperatures. And this all can happen just in the spring season. Mm -hmm. And you provide like, the jackets though, correct? On coastal, we don't provide the jackets. Oh, don't. No, okay. that's something we do just for our expeditions. Okay. Um, so there is kind of, but it's kind of the same concept for mm packing for expedition versus packing packing for coastal if you're doing you know especially these seasonal um yeah. where you could experience the a lot of temperatures yeah. a lot of base layers mm -hmm. and norwegians they love the merino wool um it is kind of the perfect thing yeah. to be wearing for you know these types of of temperatures and mm -hmm. kind of heating yourself up quickly but not with too many heavy layers mm. um so Another kind of popular reason to travel with us in the springtime mm -hmm. is we have our Norway Constitution Day, and that is on May the 17th, and that's where, like, everybody in Norway, kind of exactly like our Canada Day, mm -hmm. they all come out, they are dressed in, you know, their local, um, you know, just, I think they call them boonads, mm -hmm. um, just local dress, and are just out for a day of celebration, waving their Norwegian flags, and we, of course, emulate the same type of sem uh, celebration mm -hmm. on our ships and when we're in the different ports and things like that. So it's just such a great mm -hmm. kind of time to be traveling with Hurtigruten because right. it's such a time of celebration mm -hmm. um, in the ports on our ships. And, um, you know, there's always some great culinary delights that our chef comes up with, um, you know, so that our guests can experience even more kind of of the Norwegian specialties on board. Yes. So really great time um, to travel and, and not be in the more typical kind of mm -hmm. peak period, um, which is summer. And in mm -hmm. um, in the spring period, um, so e each time of the year, there's kind of different fjord systems that we go through because a, of the ability to access them, you know, mm -hmm. because we can actually get in. And two, there's just a certain charm about seeing them at different times um, of the year. So um, one of the main fjord systems we go through in the springtime is the Lingen Fjord. And um, I mean, just again, the beautiful backdrop of the mountains, the small little town, it's such a special place to be able to sail okay. through with our guests. And it's beautiful. I love the snow-capped mountains too. Isn't it? And that's the thing. I think too, you 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 almost look for that kind of thing when you're yeah. traveling to Norway a little bit. Yeah. Um. So when we go into the summertime, mm -hmm. of course, we get into your midnight sun, and right. um, that is your 24 hours of daylight. Especially when you're up above the Arctic Circle, the sun just does not set, which can throw people off, um, a little bit. I think, but um, of course, that's an opportunity to have longer periods out in port as mm -hmm. well. Um, you know, whereas if you're traveling with us in the fall and maybe some of the evening stops, it's already dark, maybe you feel less inclined to go out. But right. when the sun is still shining, um, you know, it's that yeah, opportunity yeah. to be like, well, hey, I, why don't I go out and kind of embrace this and enjoy it? Mm -hmm. um, so one of the highlights of the summer sailing season is, of course, the Geringer Fjord. Um, and we travel through the Geringer Fjord from June 2nd through to the end of August on the northbound route. Okay. Um, so again, when you're picking, do I go north versus south if you mm -hmm. can't do the full 12 day? Um, the fjords are sometimes people's, um, you know, reason as to why they 
they do one versus yes. the other. Mm -hmm. And then we also have, this is my favorite fjord, um, the Troll Fjord. And so we will um, travel, attempt to travel, because safety mm -hmm. is, is a little bit more inclined here, um, between May and September. And we do this on both routes. But what makes Troll Fjord so special is literally seeing just how narrow it is mm -hmm. um and this you know kind of just showcases it almost looks like the bow of the ship is just as wide as the actual yeah. troll fjord okay. and this particular fjord um it's not that long and it's not very wide but mm -hmm. our captains love to go into it just sort of as a way to kind of show off to um, <laughs> to our guests and give them that perspective of almost feeling like you could literally reach out and touch the sides. This is how close um, we get to the edge of the cliff That's and being so able to see, you know, the melt happening from the snow mm -hmm. in the summertime mm -hmm. creates a lot of fantastic um, waterfalls that come down yeah. the sides. Yeah. So our captains will take the ship in and they'll do maybe a 360 or two yeah. um, just to show off a little bit <laughs> and give our guests this chance to like really be up close yeah. um, before coming out and continuing along the route. Yes. Um, and what was actually kind of neat is we have an internal, um, you know, Facebook group for, for her group where um, mm -hmm. captains can share things and stuff. And I actually just saw that. Um, and, and we're into November mm -hmm. um, and we're into getting into the darker season now where the, the sun will set for almost a full two month period. Mm -hmm. And they actually still went into the troll fjord with massive spotlights Ooh. as their way to kind of see going in for and sure. still spun around to come out. So although, you know, we kind of only say we can really do it May to September, mm -hmm. um, if conditions are on our side and, and our captain feels it's safe, some of them do still do attempt to do it even after that season as well, which is yeah. kind of fun. Well, and great. I think that's kind of just like the history of, of our heritage and our captains along the coast. I mean, it, we're into like fourth generation, you know, captains now, their father's father's father mm -hmm. were captains with Hurtigruten along the Norwegian coast. So it's um, such a such a cool experience. It to is to, yeah. to enjoy. It's beautiful to see the melt coming right down. Exactly. And, and, and that's a big highlight, you know, going in the summertime. And that's where, you know, why there is so much cruising in the fjords during the summertime mm -hmm. because of course all of that melt is happening from the mountains which is causing you know a lot of these um waterfalls to become a lot heavier and thicker and you know a lot a lot um, more of a kind of constant stream of water yes. it's pretty cool mm -hmm. So when we get into your autumn season, again, you're starting to get out of, um, you know, the heavier tourist time of year and you get into the chance of potentially seeing the northern lights mm -hmm. um, that can kind of start. The funny thing is actually this season, I've actually started even as early as end of August. Oh, wow. um, going into September, it gets stronger. The peak period, of course, is between October and March, and we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, but autumn, I mean, they go through sort of a similar shift in, you know, their foliage like we do in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of, you know, we're we're used to these seasonal cruisings, especially Canada, New England, because of the fall foliage. Um, Norway is, I mean, 
no offense, Canada, but Norway is just as equally beautiful in the fall period as well, because they go through a lot of that same um, color change mm -hmm. as well. So it can be kind of the new way to experience um, fall foliage by cruising um, going through Norway. Mm -hmm. And then in Norway, we um, in the fall, we swap out the Geringer Fjord for the Jürgen Fjord. And um, some say that it might even rival um, mm -hmm. the beauty, the spectacle of um, going through the Geringer Fjord. So Jürgen Fjord is what we experience in September. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's funny because I think Geringer is the one that you know, people know that name when they mm -hmm. go to Norway, they've, they've figured that's what I want to go and see. Yes. Okay. Um, and so I've, I've had a few, you know, guests just ask me about fall and they were disappointed that they weren't going to go and see Garinger. And I said, don't be disappointed. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're able to go into Garinfjord, I promise you, you're going to have just as memorable, if not more so an experience here. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so nice that hearing their impressions mm -hmm. after they've come back they were just like oh my gosh you were absolutely right it is just as stunning um, mm -hmm. to be going through the urine fjord and what's nice here is um, this is not visited um, by the other cruise lines because of course in Geringer you know it's a it's a heavy cruise area in mm -hmm. the summertime mm -hmm. in the fall going through urine fjord it's just us and and the fjord and it's it's off the the kind of beaten track mm -hmm. um so it's not part of anybody else's route and it really is there's something special about being able to say that you've gone here and, and i so. love the still water like you can just tell it's just peaceful because of all the reflections right like exactly and and there's oh, so many beautiful. mountains just kind of protecting that area as mm -hmm. well because i mean how often do we notice, you know, once you go out into open ocean, you know, conditions can very easily change. And part of why we spend much time cruising in and around the fjord area is because the mountains can really protect us um, from a lot of... So the winter season, this is where we travel um, sort of October to Ooh. March timeframe, mm -hmm. where it's the best opportunity to be able to see the Northern Lights. And um, what better way than to be attempting to see the Northern Lights on a Hurtigruten ship, because mm -hmm. it's almost like your own little moving observatory. Um, so we, you know, of course, we will still spend our time in ports, but then we have that ability to move away from the city lights. Right. We can move away and be under All just light pollution. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it gives us that chance to just be, you know, under the stars, under a blank, you know, dark sky, which mm -hmm. of course increases our ability um, to see the Northern Lights. And of the 34 ports of call that we visit, um, 22 of them are located above the Arctic Circle. And of course, being above the Arctic Circle mm -hmm. heightens your opportunity to see the Northern Lights even more. Um, so it's such a fantastic time, um, you know, to really have the aim of going to see yes. the Northern Lights. Mm -hmm. um, so much so that we do have a Northern Lights promise. Um, so if you are sailing with us on the full 12 day voyage mm -hmm. um, and you do not see the Northern Lights, um, we give you the opportunity to travel with us for free um, on the following winter season mm -hmm. on either a free seven day north or six day southbound. Okay. Um, and now the funny thing is like, when we talk about not seeing the Northern Lights, mm -hmm. it's not because you chose to 
stay in bed and right. not go out and view them. Because <laughs> um, what fine. will happen yes. when mm -hmm. you're on board is um, you have the ability to allow um, announcements into your room or not. Mm -hmm. And one of the advantages of allowing um, the announcement into your room is if the captain or the bridge team sees the Northern Lights at like two o'clock in the morning, um, they will make an announcement over the ship. And if mm -hmm. you have your little announcement button on in your ship, uh, in your room, mm -hmm. um, that announcement will come through and that will give you the chance to go up and, um, you know, experience the Northern Lights. Mm -hmm. um, so we say if you're the one who chose to sleep through that mm -hmm. and not go up and witness the Northern Lights, that doesn't count as right. you not seeing the Northern Lights. Yes. Um, a Northern Lights sighting is something that is documented by the bridge, mm -hmm. um, by Absolutely. the captain. Yes. And so they will be able to tell, you know, our shoreside mm -hmm. um, call center team whether or not Northern Lights yes. sightings um, did mm -hmm. happen. And um, I actually, had that experience on board um, where it literally now thankfully it wasn't as late into the evening as 2 a.m um but i'd probably gone to bed around 10 30 and mm -hmm. a call came through by about 12 30 in the morning um, that the bridge had spotted the northern lights and so i remember my yeah, husband and i yes. looking at us and we're like we gotta go and we're in our pajamas and everything like that so you're like pulling your boots and you know kind of your mm -hmm. waterproof pants over your your pajamas and your jacket yeah. over your pajamas and throwing on a toque and mitts because it's like how can you not how can you not experience the northern lights and, yes, um, and mm -hmm. so it was quite funny to be up on the top deck because some people didn't quite go to the effort that we did in dressing <laughs> up so they're just up there in their little you know nightgown or something like that but, um, yeah. oh my gosh but I think that's the thing it's just this like unexpected excitement of like oh my gosh the northern lights are out we need to go out and see it so um, beautiful very very cool yeah. um and yeah. so what kind of happens as well in the winter season so between November 21st and January 21st, um, mm -hmm. Norway goes through, especially above the Arctic Circle, polar night. Mm -hmm. um, so literally 24 hours of darkness between this two-month period. Mm -hmm. um, below the Arctic Circle, they kind of go through um, this blue light period at the same time where there's just kind of this blue glow in the sky. Mm -hmm. this, the sun's not really up for much more than maybe an hour or two. And, mm -hmm. and when I say up, it's really just kind of hovering at above the horizon. The horizon. Yeah. Um, and so again, it's kind of the reason plan mm -hmm. when and where and why you want to go when you do mm -hmm. um, yes. to Norway, because there's these little idiosyncrasies you know, per season, per even within mm -hmm. a season, um, that can dictate kind of, you know, I get it to two kind of month periods of, of mm -hmm. darkness above the Arctic Circle. But the flip side to it is, it's like constant opportunity to, you know, I mean, look try at your view, right? Yeah. And that's why, you know, you work with a travel advisor, because exactly bucket list, and we can sort of say, okay, if you want to get all these checks, this is the best time to go kind of. Exactly. Yeah. And because what Amazing. I don't think people realize about Norway, because I think first people think of like fjords with yes. Norway. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think they realize the changes in, you know, kind of the light and the dark um, mm -hmm. that happen. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, 
I've seen people booking into end of November, you know, into early December and, mm-hmm. and coming back and being like, I had no idea it was like going to be pitch black. I'm like, right. you yeah. probably didn't speak with a travel agent, did you? <laughs> no. You know, Huge so, difference. you know, there, there is, it, it really does make a difference depending mm-hmm. the time of year you go. And even still people like it throws them off to have the 24 hours of daylight as well. Um, You know, it it can go the opposite direction in the summertime. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's so, so important to work, you know, with someone like you, Kathleen, where it's like you can share the ins and outs and the whys of, um, you know, why would you go during a different time of year mm-hmm. um, where the Just conditions to make sure the that you get the best vacation possible, right? Exactly. All those check marks. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, as you and I were speaking previously, that may be the one and only time you go to that right. destination, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why you're there to make sure that it's, you know, they're going to get the optimal, you know, moments that they are mm-hmm. seeking yes, in that destination. Mm-hmm. So one concept that is very Norwegian mm-hmm. is freeluftsliv, and I probably don't do it justice with my very Canadian way of saying it. But you did it, it better than I would have. Yeah, so but uh, freeluftsliv is um, sort of the Norwegian way of life, the connection to the outdoors um, and, and living life by being outside. And that very much carries through mm-hmm. to, you know, the theme of cruising along the Norwegian coast and enjoying um, and embracing what mother nature has given us. And um, so we do offer a hiking program um, throughout the summer season and into kind of early fall as well, where our coastal experience team um, will take our guests up into, you know, some of the mountains to do some hikes. And what's kind of neat just in the day-to-day lives in Norway is Mm -hmm. um, Norway is free to explore. Um, You you can pretty much go hiking, stay Mm -hmm. overnight, wherever you choose. Um, If you did want to camp, the only kind of rule when it comes to camping anywhere in Norway Mm -hmm. is um, if you are staying within 150 meters of someone's home and you want to stay more than two nights, you have to knock on their door and ask if it's okay if you camp there for longer than a two night period. Um, But otherwise, the country is open for you to be enjoying um, everything at at your will, you know. So they're really gracious hosts then, just very much Mm -hmm. so. I mean, can you imagine just someone knocking on your door? Do you mind, you know, if I just camp here for a week or so? It's a tent on your front lawn. Right. (laughs) Um, So it's just, you know, maintaining obviously the respect um with the people that do actually you know live in areas close to where you might be camping but Mm -hmm. um just that ability of being able to kind of freely go hiking in and around the country is um pretty incredible um and this is where our our coastal experience team comes into play um Mm -hmm. and they are the ones that are helping our guests to understand you know the culture the history the science um, behind life in Norway Mm -hmm. and they are taking our guests out and doing you know hikes and things like that and yes even to the point of you know they'll bring thermoses of hot coffee or hot chocolate so that at the end of a hike you know we can all gather around and enjoy a hot drink afterwards if it's in colder temperature time frames Mm -hmm. and they help our guests you know organize their optional excursions and things like that so they're sort of the lifeblood of 
you know, between our guests and, and the ship experience and, and being on land, they, they rally everybody together. Mm. And um, they all are, you know, local Norwegians. And again, same thing, have mm -hmm. grown up with stories of seeing our ships along the coast. And, um, you know, for them, it's actually turned into their career and um, sharing those stories with our guests, yeah. which is such a unique mm -hmm. um, experience. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they are there. And as I said, they work with a lot of our local tour guides and local tour companies to help our guests explore further. Mm -hmm. um, so we have over 60 different suppliers that we work with in Norway um, to give our guests options um, of further exploration that they can do with us. And of course, if you are looking at, mm -hmm. you know, winter time, um, traveling with us, there's so many highlights in terms of the ability to go dog sledding. Um, those activities tend to happen December 15th or later mm -hmm. um, in the winter season. So although the sailing season in winter starts a little bit earlier, they don't actually get enough snow, um, you know, in certain parts of Norway until kind of that mid to late December onwards, right. where you can start to do activities like, um, yeah, you know, dog sense. sledding yeah. and things like that. Um, and of course, when the, you know, summer temperatures are out there, it of course expands our opportunities to be doing more hikes and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and again, it's, it's like how many opportunities where we can still see our ship sailing, continuing its route, but we are, you know, up in the cliffs doing some mm -hmm. hikes and we'll meet up with that ship at a later point. Um, it really is quite an impressive um, seamless way that all of those little moving parts connect yeah. um, so that everybody can still see the country, but the ship can still continue on the route that it needs to. Mm -hmm. um, so as, as I mentioned, we have seven ships along the Norwegian coast. Mm -hmm. um, one of those ships we will be um, plucking out and um, she will actually be part of a special project that um, you and I, I think we'll talk about maybe in a few weeks time. Yes, absolutely. And um, so this gives our guests the opportunity to, you know, almost every other day or so mm -hmm. be able to hop on a Hardegruten ship and, um, you know, no matter where they live, to be able to move themselves around and use this as the local transportation. And um, for our guests, it gives you a lot of flexibility as well. Even if you're thinking of just doing, you know, our, our smaller seven or six day itineraries because you have a larger land program mm -hmm. um, built around it. The nice thing is, you know, we're not typically a Saturday to a Saturday departure or anything like that. It gives you so many different ship choices to be able right. to fit it in with a bigger land program mm -hmm. um, as well. So it, it, it kind of opens up a lot more flexibility for when and how you can fit, you know, kind of a herd of itinerary into um, a bigger trip that you might be doing. Right. And I love that you have that flexibility there because you have so many ships that you can really create your own. And yeah, your, and, and your, that's your vacation yours. Yeah. Exactly. And like, you know, Kathleen, for, for you, you could build this grand, you know, kind of further trip where it, it can expand into Sweden or Finland or wherever, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. your clients may want to go that um, it gives them a nice way to experience different parts um, of the destination by land, by ship, um, mm -hmm. et cetera. So yeah, it's, it's kind yeah. of a neat way to, to build mm -hmm. a bigger package as well. Absolutely. Um, 
and and of course the purpose of the ships especially because our locals use it mm-hmm. um you know as their main mode of transportation to get from point a to point b along the coast we want our ship to feel homey um you know and and feel like it's your home away from home while you're at sea and um again throwing out the uh the norwegian words um mm-hmm. our our ships have a feeling of kusselig and that means this sense of coziness um so of course you know being a norwegian company we Mm -hmm. bring in a lot of the scandinavian design you know your modern clean lines your soft lighting you know your kind of pops of color accents but your kind of palette remains neutral sort of this calming um you know effect when you're in um exactly when you're on vacation Mm -hmm. and we carry that concept through to um you know the state rooms as well those light colored woods that just kind of give you a bit of that sense of like it almost kind of has that look and feel of a sauna too which is very norwegian Um, our ships Mm -hmm. have that on board um but just and the you know the nice warm cozy blankets on the beds mm-hmm. and that carries through to our restaurants as well mm-hmm. um and just you know the lounge is meant to feel like your living room the dining room is meant to feel like you know your kitchen mm-hmm. um we have our cafe upstairs that's kind of just like what you could go experience if you were going to experience a local cafe in the town um, that you live in. It, it's just kind of tying community and, and that sense of home um, right onto your ship oh, as well, it. which yeah, is very nice. Beautiful. And lots of faux fireplaces and things around as well, which um, just kind of adds to that, that Mm -hmm. coziness. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just to finish off, so next year, um, July 2nd, we will be celebrating 130 years um, with Hurtigruten, July 2nd, 2023. Big milestone, yeah. It's a very big milestone and something we are super, super proud of as a company. And, um, you know, I had talked about how that one ship is going to be pulled way for something special Mm -hmm. and um, we have a couple um, sort of new ways to experience the coast um, with that ship that will be in celebration of our 130th but we will save that for another time and another chat time yeah (laughs) absolutely that's amazing I love that thank you wow so that is kind of, you know, a, a 129 year, you know, history in a big nutshell and just a different way of cruising. I mean, there's nothing else like that um, concept in the world. So it, it's a very neat way to experience the country, maybe differently than you might have envisioned, right. you know. Yeah, but you're that. so immersed in it. it it's, it's so, you know, you get the feel of the country. Exactly. I think sometimes there's a lot of cruises that kind of, oh, we're there for four hours and we take off. And you don't really get to get the feel of where you're visiting. Yeah. And uh, you definitely are immersed in the Norwegian culture this way. And I think that's so much better. I agree. And I think too, it's not, it's not always about just what happens on shore as well. Like all of the fabric of kind of the Norwegian way of life is woven onto everything that happens on ship as well. So it just Mm -hmm. gives this great, you know, destination immersion for our guests to really understand um, sort of what it means to live and work, um, you know, in the country of Norway and in such a stunning um, country as well. 
Uh, oh, it is absolutely gorgeous. It's been on my list for so many years. And this summer, I'm getting close. I'm going to Copenhagen and then over to Iceland. So I'm just so close. Oh, you're like just missing it. Oh. We're going to have to take care of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it's like, I can see it and I want to yeah. be there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, thank you so much for putting all of that together. It's absolutely fabulous. Make sure you guys reach out because I want to get you on board so that you can experience Norway as well. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Always a pleasure. Yes. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this week's cruise chat with Kristen from Herda Group. It was really cool to see how they started as a company. I think it was really neat that they started with the mail and then expanded into cargo and then worked into passengers and transporting Norwegians and then, of course, us. So that's really neat to see the evolution of how they kind of grew and started as a company and I think that's really really cool as I mentioned at the beginning this is episode 99 next week I really really hope that you've subscribed to our channel so next week I'm going to be doing something incredibly special with Virgin Voyages and I am going to be offering you guys up to a thousand $1,300 of onboard credit if you book within a certain time frame and you invite some people um, or if you go alone you're still going to get a whole lot of onboard credit it's just incredible make sure you tune in next week episode 100 I am super stoked super excited can't wait to have you because I wouldn't be doing this without you guys and I'm really really happy that you're able to follow along with me and to do it so thank you from the bottom of my heart it means the world to me it's because of you I have 100 episodes and I'm so glad to bring all of the cruising to you all and it just means the world to me so thank you thank you so 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 much um so make sure you subscribe tune in next week and we'll see you guys have a great week I can't wait to show you next week goodbye everybody Bye.